From COK Studios in Peter Sagal's cellar, this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Dinah Jones-Mallow. On today's show, we'll consider how Donald Trump and the alt-right are inciting violence. We'll also consider some spooky Halloween stories from members of the COK team. And we'll consider that I put a spell on you, and now you're mine. Stay with us. Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from Blood Bath and Beyond. Shop the brands you love and find ways to spruce up your crypt, dungeon, or haunted castle. Blood Bath and Beyond, now selling Glade plug-in casket fresheners in Wolfsbane, Pumpkin Spice, and Frankenberry. And the Bates Motel offering affordable accommodations, attentive room service, and hot showers for over 30 years. Make your reservation today and tell them Mother sent you. This is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Dinah Jones-Mallow. Last week was a very violent one in the United States, with pipe bombs being mailed to top Democrats and critics of President Trump, as well as several shootings, the deadliest being one at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, where 11 people were brutally killed and six more were wounded, including four police officers. The perpetrators of these violent acts were white men who have been radicalized by the alt-right movement, and they harbor dangerous ideas about immigrants, people of color, LGBTQ citizens, and non-Christians. The language used by President Trump and some Republicans has only amplified existing problems. He has failed to consistently, unequivocally reject bigotry and has even encouraged violence at some of his campaign rallies. He has also adopted a temporizing moral equivalency in the face of anti-Semitic and anti-immigrant hate. While President Trump did condemn the attack in Pittsburgh and the pipe bombs, he immediately went back out on the campaign trail to disparage his opponents and critics all over again. What can be done to change the deadly and disturbing course the country seems to be on? Joining us for our discussion series, Consider All Sides, are Laura Everhart, a lawyer who has worked with the ACLU and the Southern Poverty Law Center, and Fred Plunkett, a lobbyist for the NRA, Christians for Other Christians, Guns for Tots, and something called Seal Club. Is Seal Club geared toward protecting endangered seals, I hope? Nah, it provides clubs to people who want to hit baby seals. Lovely. Welcome to you both. I'd like to start with you, Laura. What is your view of the things that happened last week? Well, I think it's obvious that the rhetoric of the president and the alt-right is dangerous, and you're seeing how words are affecting deeds. These angry white men are being radicalized to think that they can and should commit acts of violence against people they don't like. It's disturbing, to say the least. I'm going to go ahead and rudely dismiss that as ridiculous. Just because the pipe bomber Caesar Sayak had pictures of the president and vice president all over his creepy van and had been seen at multiple Trump events doesn't mean that he took the president's rampant vitriol against the press and Democrats and turned it into violent acts. And honestly, some of those Democrats had it coming. What? You think it would be okay if President Obama or Hillary Clinton would have been bombed? Oh no, I'm just kidding. Jeez. Take a joke. Laura! Well, I think that's the problem right there. It's dangerous to say these things regardless of if you're joking. 
Indeed, I don't appreciate that one bit. The bottom line is that you can draw a direct line from Trump's refusal to condemn hate to the pipe bomber and the synagogue shooter. He's given the alt-right the ammunition to act out violently with his words and actions. Oh, you want to talk about ammunition? Well, that's the problem right there. If only there'd been some kind of armed guards with tons of ammo on hand at the synagogue, they could have prevented the attack. Four police officers were wounded defending the synagogue from the shooter. So I don't buy your good guy with a gun narrative. It's naive and extremely dangerous. Well, if I'd been there, it would have been different. As they say all the time when I'm lobbying for guns for tots, guns should only be used as a first resort. And let's talk about the death penalty. If you let people know they're going to fry for these kind of crimes, they won't do it. That's just reality. I was going to have an open mind about this, but I'm too angry. I'm sorry. I need to go write in my sad journal. Yes, we pride ourselves in public radio on being willing to hear from all sides on an issue, but in this case, giving the alt-right a voice is just more damaging. We don't need to hear all opinions because, frankly, racist, bigoted, and dangerous opinions have no value whatsoever. Mr. Plunkett, good day. Whatever. Blow her up! I said good day! That was human rights lawyer Laura Everhart and a piece of human excrement. You're listening to Consider Our Knowledge. With Halloween tomorrow, we thought it would be fun to take some time out for some scary stories. A few members of the best-looking news team in public radio have come up with some truly chilling tales for you in this special Halloween segment we're calling Consider the Scare. Let's hear first from LGBT correspondent Trevin Motley. This is a very frightening story I'm calling Venti of Terror. I was working late one dark and chilly night last week on a story I'm doing about why Cher stopped returning my emails when I decided I needed some caffeine. Like usual, I went to Starbucks down the street, but it seemed a little different than usual that night. My barista, Nina, wasn't there. Instead, there was a different woman named Karen. She had an odd look about her, but I ignored my feeling of apprehension and just browsed the overpriced CDs and mugs while I waited for my usual pumpkin spice latte. But then she said something truly terrifying. What's that? I assumed I had misheard her, but then she said again, Pumpkin spice? I have no idea what that is. Would you like a double chocolatey cream frappuccino or a matcha green tea cream frappuccino? I said no and asked again for my PSL. She insisted it did not exist, even though I had just ordered one from that very Starbucks only three hours earlier. I settled for a cupcake cream frappuccino, but I couldn't shake the weirdness of that encounter. The next morning, I went to the Starbucks next door to that Starbucks, and the weird woman was working there too. I once again asked for my pumpkin spice latte, and she told me that Starbucks had no such menu item. It was my worst nightmare. It took two Java chip frappuccinos just to calm my nerves. What was this? Was I in an alternate universe? Was I dead? Was this hell? It felt like it. How long would I have to wait until my next PSL? Could she be right? Did PSLs ever exist at all? Thankfully, when Ryan the intern went out for coffee that day, he came back with the beautiful pumpkin spice latte for me. I was ecstatic. I was finally going to taste the nectar of the gods. And then he spilled it. No! No! 
That was pretty scary, Trevin. It'll give me nightmares for a week, Connor. Next, we'll hear a spooky story from Booklooks, Lynn Ruffle. I have taken an excerpt from a chapter of my soon-to-be-released book, The Amulet of Passion, a prequel of my Red Sunset Saga. Take it away, Lynn. <clears throat> Damien grabbed Lydia by the hand and led her to his crypt. The air was stale and damp. It reminded Lydia of her grandmother's basement. Thankfully, Damien's enchanting musk was strong enough to overpower the scent of wet cement and death. As he led her through the iron gate, the torches on the wall lit up on their own. Lydia gasped, but Damien pulled her close to him. She could feel his heaving chest against the soft cotton of her sweater set. She wanted him, but he also terrified her. He was a vampire after all, and a very sexy one at that, but she knew he was going to ask her for the amulet that she had around her neck, and that scared her more than the death surrounding her in the crypt. Damien looked at her with his red eyes and licked his lips. Lydia clutched the amulet and turned away from him, pretending not to notice that he was sexily removing his denim vest. Would the amulet be the price of a night of passion in his crypt? She would give it to him, if only she could touch the tawny abs that were now peeking out from his half-open vest. She could see his belly button. It was nice. Let me see your amulet, my dear, he said as he dropped the vest to the floor. She shook her head. She knew that if he possessed the amulet, he would gain the power of the werewolves, and that was something she could not allow to happen. Even though his pecs were rock hard and begging to be cupped by her dainty hands, he reached out for the amulet, but she turned to leave the crypt, certain that she had to get away from him, lest she be coerced by his lustful body. I don't want to hurt you. I just need to use the amulet for a week, maybe two. I gotta take care of some things, so I'd like to borrow it if I could, he said nonchalantly. I can't do that, Damien. I was trusted by the elders of Ravensdale with the amulet of Bidril. You know that when Grindal begat Humidra, that the were-people became cursed, and that the amulet's dark magic became the charge of the Witch of the Evening Glade. Yes, I know that. But I also know that Gregor gave the dark power of Perma when he stole the dagger of the Gremlin's Wind. Damien pulled a dagger from a hilt on his sweatpants and showed it to Lydia. Things had just become much more complicated. Wow, Lynn, that sounds like a very exciting book. Oh, it is. You'll have to wait for it to come out to see if Lydia and Damien finally make out in the crypt. Or if the dagger of the gremlin's wind is more powerful than the amulet of passion. Finally, we'll hear a very scary story from COK's senior correspondent, Cordell Nutbrock. This is the most terrifying, gruesome, bone-chilling, haunting story ever told. Ooh, what is it? Donald Trump wins re-election in 2020! Oh, God, that is terrifying. You win, Cordell. Told you. Well, I won't be able to sleep tonight. That was Consider the Scare. (laughs) 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 Now it's time for this week's edition of our Big Little Wins. Kudos to Becky Pendergast in Austin, Texas, who got a pumpkin that had almost no guts inside. 
While the rest of your friends were taking forever to scoop out all the seeds and goo out of their pumpkins, you got to leisurely carve your jack-o'-lantern. Even though you carved a vote for Ted Cruz pumpkin, this still qualifies as a big little win. Congratulations also to anyone living in Francine and Bob Taylor's neighborhood in Salem, Massachusetts. If you trick-or-treat at their house this Halloween, they'll be giving out full-size candy bars. As we all know, there's nothing sweeter than a full-size candy bar, and so this is definitely a big little win for all the kids in that area. If you'd like to share a win with us, post on our Facebook page or send us a bat. That's all for this week's episode of Consider Our Knowledge. If you want more from the best-looking news team in public radio, visit our website, considerourknowledge.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at ConsiderOurKnow. We'll also be posting some new live Facebook videos, so keep an eye out for those in the next few weeks. If you want to download the podcast, you can do it at iTunes and at Stitcher.com. Have a safe and happy Halloween. I'm Connor Bentley. She could see his belly button. It was nice. I hate myself laugh. Sorry. <laughs> it was nice. <clears throat>